So the biggest thing that happened this week in Dubai was the air show. Uh, big announcements there all covered on Smashy Business. We also touched on some of the startups in the UAE raising money. Uh, FinTech, one called Mafum, raised $1.5 million. And a company called Wise, uh, W-I-Z-E, raised $16 million. And in the F&B sector, Talabas uh, donated $2 million to Gaza. Uh, and uh, well done to them. Uh, I also attended the... Uh, Global Media Congress in Abu Dhabi, a very impressive uh, display from all the big media entities and media offices and governments across uh, the UAE. And uh, as well, there was uh, a Virtue Zone. Their annual awards took place last night on the Palm. Uh, we were there as Love in Dubai and, and Augustus Media, and it was good to see all the other startups. Uh, we've got a really good interview this week. It was one of those ones that we sought out ourselves and wanted to understand more because in the F&B sector and the F&B industry, Dubai really is thriving. Uh, and this company has really stood out uh, in the last few years. Uh, you'll, know, you'll know all many of the names uh, from Twiggy to La Cantine, uh, all, a lot of household names in the F&B sector in Dubai. Uh, so enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works business podcast. Today, we have Rizman Kasim. He is the CEO and owner of Rikas Hospitality Group. He'll pronounce it better than I will. Uh, the mastermind behind uh, Dubai's leading, one of the leading hospitality groups with award-winning restaurants like Mimi Kakushi the, and Naveen. Uh, they're now expanding internationally across Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Europe, Morocco as well, and uh, the UK. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining the show. Pleasure. Uh, so Rizwan, uh, it's been a busy week. Tell us what you've been up to. <laughs> About the rain of this morning or? Well, yeah, uh, that's the end of it. No, it's a busy week. Uh, yeah, you're every at, week. You're, yeah, I'm sure, especially in your line of work. <laughs> you're at the air show as well this year? Yes, yes. It was a very exciting uh, uh, pop-up restaurant to be at the air show. Um, this is the first time that uh, a restaurant, a proper restaurant are coming in the air show. So it was very interesting, and um, as I uh, as I mentioned before, the the the, the industry of uh, of aviation is very interesting. Yeah. So we're proud first to be the first one and to take the challenge, and and, and it was uh, very uh, interesting to have this kind of uh, visibility and and return. Mm. So I, <laughs> I you know I kind of mentioned it <laughs> about you your group really does have a uh, high-end restaurants, well-known brands, very successful ones, and you're in a very competitive industry. Can you just uh, give us an overview of the group? Uh, yeah. Okay. So I I came in Dubai first in 2013 to open a restaurant. Uh, after a few visits in Dubai, I, I thought the industry of F&B was interesting in, uh, uh, for the UAE and Dubai. Uh, I used to be a partner at La Cantine in Paris. And my first project was to open La Cantine Faubourg in Dubai. So I spent two years to try to find all the location, all the right contact. And we finished to open in April 20, and in went April 15 in uh, Emirates Tower. And back in time, it was, it was a difficult uh, industry. It was not easy. Uh, the, big, uh, the big institution was, uh, was there, Zuma Maison. Roberto's, <coughs> where I played in the AFC. And 
it was uh, it was not like today. It was uh, much more difficult to open a restaurant. We were the first one to have a lease uh, FNB space in Emirates Tower. All the other restaurant was part of Jumeirah Group or someone close to to to, to the group. Yeah, the group. So it took me six months to sign the lease, a year to 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 make the construction, to learn about the construction process in Dubai, with the the good way and let's say the bad uh, surprise, and we opened uh, the 9th of April. Uh, Do you remember that day? <laughs> very easy. It was the it's the birthday of my daughter. Oh, very good. So uh, so it was a good day. It was a good day, and uh, we chose this day to be sure that we can. Uh, can have that in our memories. So. It's a good omen. And, you know, Canteen was, it did hit the ground running. It quickly became uh, a success, right? It was a go-to place. It was busy. Uh, how did how did you think that you made that work? So, so Emirates Tower was not an easy, uh, an easy space. So a lot of potential partners and, and contact was quite not really optimistic about, about the location. Um, when we start to open, I think we feel a gap that was missing in Dubai. We opened with a restaurant lounge with some music where people can have a dinner, but also dance and or just have a, a drink at the bar. And this gap was a mix of art, video, lights, food and and music. <laughs> so the open format music that we had at La Cantine and and this new wave of, of concept was very, quite well welcome in the market. Mm. So it was a success. And to go back to Emirates Tower, yes, it was a difficult place, but it was also a chance for us. Emirates Tower is an, an institution, is the main uh, building of His Highness. Jumeirah was as a, an hotel there. So it was very interesting to navigate in, inside this uh, environment. I'm sure you learned a lot. And was the strategy from the start to build a hospitality <laughs> group or, the, you know, was it sort of take one by one? No, I, I take it one by one. So um, I, am, I am a man of challenge and I like to expand and, and that is inside my DNA. So you cannot go against that. Uh, and it's something that I used to do in Paris in a different business in retail. So when I arrived in Dubai, the first restaurant was in evidence. It was very difficult for me in terms of financing, opening. Uh, I opened with, uh, let's say, my uh, last uh, uh, dirham in my pocket. But uh, with the success and, and sometimes uh, we, we had the chance to, 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 add, uh, to have other opportunities. How did you go about the financing? <laughs> you know, the, the outlay for some of these you know, you mentioned construction, some of these fit outs and the designs. And of course, uh, not on top of that, you need the lease, uh, the licensing, the business, the marketing, uh, the team in place, the high quality chefs, all the sort of stuff. Like, how do restauranters do that? How did you do it? Look, I will try to, to split your question in, in a few things. First, in terms of money financing, I had a few very interesting investors with me. It was not big institution of finance or bank, but private investor that was following us and was happy with the success of La Cantine to open others. So, so that was very interesting. Uh, I still uh, own the majority of my company, but uh, my my close partners was very helpful on that. 
the second point is the expansion itself, the lease and all these kind of things. I think Dubai, it's a, it's a land of opportunities. As soon as you show that you are committed, you are serious in your business, you have a success and you can deliver, all the doors can be open for you. And today, uh, I will make you the story of the group, but we have 15 restaurants. I'm working with all the landlords of Dubai and everybody's happy to welcome us because we push and we deliver what we are. We are telling them. So that's, it's interesting. In terms of operation, <laughs> I find the right people. I had a chance uh, to find the right people in the operation. Um, mm -hmm. I had to, to, to find a corporate chef after a year of opening of La Cantine. I didn't understand that the level of the food uh, quality and, and, and the expectation in the market was so high. So I opened like we used to have a lifestyle place in, in Paris where the food was good, but maybe can can be better there. Um, so I welcome an amazing chef, that is Gilles Bosquet, that started with me at La Cantine seven years ago, that now become a, a partner in the group. And he's managing the 15 restaurants that, uh, that we have and kitchen. So he's choos choosing the chef, choosing the, the, the menu. And we, we collaborate a lot on, on that because right now Dubai is one of the top scene food industry in the world. Mm -hmm. um, I discuss a lot with many people in the market that start to not be impressed when they travel. And that it's a sign that uh, Dubai reach I think a level that it's it will be difficult for other city to, to touch. Yeah, definitely. And uh, <laughs> but just going back, you know, when you own the group, because I often see uh, establishments being set up, and from a from an investment point of view, do investors invest the outlay for one unit, or do they invest at a group level, and then do you need to find the financing for the initial outlay for each new uh, venue? So. We have a very small financing that it become a little irrelevant compared to the volume that we have. Mm. Um, on on side of of me, I have five shareholders that is, are between five percent and twenty five percent. But we the the growth is more organically. We develop the restaurant, we make profit, we reinvest the profit. Um, the partners are helping us to fill the gap when we when we need it mm. but uh, no we create uh, we create this group just with the profit that we've done and and what we generate in in our business free cash flow and then reinvest and <coughs> at what point did you know that a canteen was a success and that you thought uh, okay now let's do another one uh, so so the success in general is coming quite quickly in Dubai there is no middle gap or you you work or you don't work and when you work, you, you can see it very quickly. People are coming, um, the revenue is great, uh, the, the target audience and, and the attraction is impressive. We just opened a new one called Eugène Eugène in the Kempinski Mohamed. We, we were amazed by, by the fact and how people are coming mm. and the attraction that we have in the Kempinski. Uh, that was not known to attract these FNB people, but I, I have to admit that uh, math, in, math company did a lot of work and, and helped us a lot to, to achieve that. But 
the success in Dubai, there is no, or you have it or you don't have it. And that is very difficult in the city. Yeah. So La Cantine was a success. We didn't, uh, we didn't run to have a, a second restaurant quickly, but uh, the, the second restaurant, I think we opened two years and a half after. And it was Ninive next to La Cantine. It's an Arabic uh, concept. And, and we had uh, a success also, but it was for me to create more uh, uh, a destination compared to the other destination that you have in Dubai. So right now we have four athletes in in, in South. We have La Continue Faubourg and Inive. And after that, we opened Gohan and Madan and Marcel. So now we, we have destination. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, you mentioned the latest one in, in Mulder Emirates. And, you know, I was checking it out on Instagram and people were sending it and things like that. And it, 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 almost without doing anything intently, your group is getting a, a following, right? Like people are saying, where are the new concepts? And, and it's getting that stamp of approval because of your reputation. Do you find that, that there's customers seeing what you're doing next and then trying out the restaurants that way? I, I think it's a, it's a general mindset. Of course, we're happy to have these uh, this, uh, followings for the group, but I think all the groups in Dubai that are in the hospitality have a following. Um, so... What's happening what, when we open a restaurant? People are coming. They give us a chance. They try because of your reputation. But uh, they are very on point with the product. So if they come and they don't have a good experience, they will not come back. Mm. Even if you are a CAS or another group in, in Dubai. So we, we don't lose in perception that even if we are a group, even if we are people coming, we still need to deliver the food, the quality, the kitchen, the design, and the, the global journey and experience to the, to the guest. So uh, we are not taking anything for granted, you know? Mm. I think, and, and they're right. If the customer wants to go in, in a better restaurant because they have a different feeling and because some other people are doing better than us, I can understand that. We don't own any, any, any clients. We just need to try to bring the level of what we're doing since 15 since eight years yeah um what are the <laughs> what do you think that people see across the group that if they go into the rest you know what are the things that you template as in you have a format uh because all the concepts seem different you know even you mentioned your second restaurant was a completely different cuisine and uh i've been to i think lana lusa as well like there's a, a portuguese type fish yes. cuisine and every, everyone seems a little different uh do you, is there anything that you can uh scale across the group so th that's why that is a big question um the the normal way for us as a group in fnb was to open la cantine and to try to open la cantine in different uh, different city around the world and it's what 90 percent of the group are doing focusing on one brand, trying to, to make it better and, and try to expand outside. And a lot of good restaurants did that. Uh, I think Rif uh, opened in Egypt and a few other places, Hilbor opened in London, uh, Joe Gazal with uh, the main open also in London. So that is the normal way to, to expand. <coughs> in Dubai, for many reasons, I didn't have the, the chance, I tried. But I didn't have the chance to find the right project or to find uh, 
uh, moment to do it. And I was still uh, trying to expand. So it's difficult to duplicate a restaurant like La Cantine mm. in Dubai. So naturally, we became an expert to create concept and to have different cuisine. Today, we have a mix of beach club, where we have a Mediterranean beach club with Twiggy, we have a Greek, with Kima, and we have Tagobago, that is a Spanish cuisine. Mm. We have what I call some restaurants that are more based on the night uh, trade, uh, La Cantine Faubourg, Nimiz, Mimi Kakushi, um, and some new are coming. We just opened yesterday, Xu. It's a Chinese restaurant in the Kempinski. Oh, wow. Uh, we opened Chewam with uh, an amazing chef called Adrien Villieu. Uh, so that it's it's a different trade of business, and we have what we call the more restaurant that uh, have a trade uh, during the day, uh, like uh, Genogène, uh, Lana Luza. Uh, we have Madeleine and Marcel, and we just opened a month ago uh, Madeleine and Marcel uh, on the view, mm. Saint Regis de Pan. And uh, we opened also last month uh, Blue Box Tiffany. Yeah. We manage uh, the Blue Box Cafe for Tiffany. Oh, wow. So by default, because I didn't have the chance to expand outside, we become a specialist of creating new concept, new design, new menu, and a new project. So I think the weakness that was difficult, that was complicated for us to go outside UAE, become a strength, by having 1,500 different restaurants with new concepts, with new ideas. So it's difficult. It's a recipe. It's a, you need to change uh, all, always your menu. You need to, to have different design. You need to have the same details of the others. You need to impress every time. So it's not easy. Mm. You, you, you definitely have... <laughs> you've got something, and I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out what it is because there's, there, you know, no pun intended, there's a secret recipe, there's a formula there because it's working, right? And uh, creating one brand is hard enough, creating multiple brands, but to do it with cuisine is even harder because the F&B industry is notorious at being hard to get footfall and make the margins work and all that. Uh, is, is, it, is it a passion for food? Is, is your background food? Or? No, it's not food. But um, because I was, uh, I was partners in La Cantine in Paris, I became interested by, by the industry. Um, and I was more a silent partner there. The founder of uh, La Cantina, Pierre Pirajo and Elena Pardoski. Um, and I joined them in 2003. <coughs> so, so 20 years already. So I start to have a bribe of what can be the business. And when I uh, decided to, to move in Dubai and to, to change and having a different uh, kind of life, I didn't want to go back in retail in Dubai. And one of the industries that was, I think, having a gap in, 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 in the city was the, the high-end restaurant. So I penetrate the, the, the industry uh, with this opening. And of course, uh, we, we are passionate of challenge, expansion, food, uh, design, every kind of aspect of what we are doing. So. Um, you are talking about a secret recipe. I think it's more uh, how you, you create a bubble and how you create uh, a team around you uh, that, uh, that is following all your wish or your vision or, or your 
your your passion around around the industry. Mm. So I think we have a very strong team. Gilles is an example. We have uh, someone who's managing all the image and all the communication for us. We have an amazing architect. Uh, we have uh, people who are creating branding to, with us. And Pierre, uh, my partner, is uh, always involved and still involved. And he has a special uh, talent and he's a genius in his, in his, uh, in his uh, uh, particular uh, uh, design and touch and details. <laughs> so I'm talking about secret recipe, but I think it's more how you, you, you integrate uh, all these people in one, in one direction, one vision, and how you can be uh, focused on, on, the, on the target. Um, it's very difficult to work with uh, in, a, in the industry. And on side of it, it's very difficult to work with me because I'm a nice guy, but at, at the end... You're demanding. I'm demanding and also I'm challenging a lot. We can, we can create a project in three weeks. We can be very focused and, and, and pushy on, on few things. So I, I think all these people also start to love this kind of challenge and they embrace this, uh, this uh, vision or this challenge that I put in the company. So at the beginning it was, it was difficult because people who was not uh, feeling comfortable to to be so active proactive and and uh, in a, an urgent way doing things i think right now as soon as we put a project on the table everybody's excited so it's going fast and everybody has, has the same vision and, and in line with the the group so that's it's interesting i think the the secret recipe is more than that just finding uh, the right design and yeah. the right chef yeah um, but about that, you know, it's interesting listening to you explain that you have, say, in-house heads of each area, so the food area, the architect, the branding. Uh, at what point did you decide to do this as part of the group as opposed to having key partners? And is that an investment decision? You know, I, I like the story about Cantina and the investment to go for one of the best chefs in the market. You know, that's something that you need to decide to allocate extra funds to and do you do that at each area do you say hey i need to do that now for interior design and architect not, not really um I, I have a very simple way of managing my business i manage my business like a good father i spend the money that i can spend i don't over promise promise i just want to be sure that when i commit on something we respect what we are saying. And that for me is the, is the base of, of Rikas in general. Uh, I don't want to jump too fast. Uh, I don't want to commit on something that I will not able to, to, to assume. So the company grow and the, the team members are growing at the pace of the restaurant. <laughs> we don't, uh, we don't anticipate the future. We just, planning the future mm. for, for us. It's very important. And, uh, you know, I was struck by the different categories. If you define them from, uh, the daytime cuisine, the nighttime, the beach club, is there anything that you don't do? Is there any sort of F and B that you say, that's not us, that's not Rick has group. In terms of F and B. Yeah. Um, I think there is, there's three kinds of market in F and B. 
what I will call the most accessible market. Something that we are not doing really. Uh, lower price point or lower price point. Fast foods. <laughs> yeah, fast food. The casual that I feel difficult because you need to have a very strong su success and you need to have a, a different kind of following people and um, and I have I have a lot of um, interesting example. Uh, that are more casual, more cool, nice, easy going. But behind there is a very strong name, shape, or uh, a very strong uh, concept or specificity in the concept. There is a burger place that uh, just opened called Eleven Green. It's very interesting, but it's a, it's a very specific pro product. They are very good on that, and they go straight to the point. I really like also. Uh, was mentioning Riff, I think he has casual concept, but he's one of the best in his, uh, in his category. Mm. Um, there's a lot of people like that who are very strong. Orfali is one of the best, best examples. He has this, a small restaurant, he's very on it uh, with the family, uh, and he's doing, he's one of the best restaurants in, in the world. Bows, yeah. yeah. As so, for for me, we, our focus is to be a high-end. Um, we are trying, and we have customers that are searching this kind of product. And as a DNA, we are, we are more going on that. Uh, doesn't mean that we we don't look at the other uh, the other uh, kind of opportunities, but uh, I don't think that we are the best on the, on the casual market. So you know where you're good at, and. Uh, you also mentioned vision twice before. What is the vision? What's the mission? What's do you have a north star? Do you have something that you're, you're trying to achieve? And then how do you articulate that across all the employees? So, uh, as I told you, by default we start to expand in Dubai and we expand with different cuisine and different projects and opportunities. Um, today the vision is, is is quite simple, and because we are based in UAE, we are based in Dubai. We have a strong commitment and a long-term commitment of what we are doing in Dubai. And we just have 14 brands that is that are homegrown mm. concepts from Dubai. Mm. So Dubai becomes for us uh, a base and a lab. We want to continue to expand brand. We want to create. We don't want to have any limitation in Dubai because we feel comfortable and we are confident that we can, can continue. And we have many cuisine that we didn't try. Uh, so I still uh, we still have room to 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 of creation. Um, say, saying that, knowing that Dubai are uh, one of the best city for the FNB, where we feel that we we have a, a recognition on the market, I think we deserve and we can try. I think to to go outside the UAE. So we are targeting and trying to 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 expand the brand. The 15 brand, maybe not, but few of the brand outside the UAE. <laughs> um, I think uh, knowing that uh, all the big brands and all the big uh, FNB uh, players are coming in Dubai, and we are still proud and in front of them, we are still making a good job. I think we can do well outside. Uh, the only problem of that is 
the access of business, the, the way of work in Dubai, the, the way that how it's easy to manage a project in Dubai will ask us to be more cautious and more precise when we are going outside Dubai. Because we all know that it's more, much more difficult in Europe right now. Uh, to go in US, it's quite far. We have project in US, but it's quite far. It's still 6,000 or 7,000 kilometers from Dubai. So we really want to be to have the hub for Dubai. So the natural way for us to expand is to to check the GCC market. Saudi is one is one of the target. Um, we are very cautious on Saudi because it's not an easy market, even if there is a scale. Um, Bahrain is an interesting uh, country, and we are going there. We sign a project there. So yes, the natural way for us because we are very strong in Dubai is to see the, the local market and the GCC market. Uh, we are not in Abu Dhabi, so I hope we'll open soon in Abu Dhabi and try to do something. But in a more bigger way, Europe and US and even Asia is is something that we can look at it. And do you think it's uh, the brands, the, the market entry, you might use the existing brands that you have rather than new concepts? For, for expansion outside, yes, of course. And which ones do you think are suited? Is is one do you think, uh, <coughs> or of a brand that can be at different locations, or is it a case of finding one, finding the right uh, taste or cuisine in each market? So, the advantage that we have right now is with the variety of cuisine, the specificity of this place, big place, small place, hundred square meters, thousand square meters. Uh, the kind of uh, trading hours uh, to be more oriented in business or lifestyle. With all the variety that we have, our main target is to find the right location outside. If we have the right location and the right project, I think we have the right product to, to go in the, in the location. So, yes, we have a priority. La Cantine is a priority. Ninive. It's a strong priority because it's a unique concept in, in, in the industry that we have. Uh, Mimi Kakushi is the nice product. Uh, and we just uh, been uh, ranking 40 best bar in the world a month ago. So I think we have some visibility also in, in, uh, in this industry. Um, we have some beach club and we, we signed to begin behind. Okay. So, so that, that is something uh, quite interesting. Um, the expansion model, I think, is uh, is there. We just need to allocate the right people. Um, eight months ago, we welcomed Christian Granitzer that was working for Hilton in expansion, and he became our VP for expansion. So even the team became bigger and stronger with much more capacity and, and, and knowledge of what we used to have a few years ago. So I'm very confident. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's quite strategic in this level and expansion. But just looking a little bit more in the business side, uh, how you, your private group, I don't expect you to reveal too much of the details, but uh, how profitable can a high-end restaurant be in Dubai in terms of, uh, I know that historically F&B units would be measured on covers, how many people attend each evening or... At the end of the year, the total volume of uh, revenue and then the margins. Okay, I can be precise. So, 
today in the group we are making around 50 million dollars revenue and we are making 22 percent EBITDA okay the, the good the good thing is our, our profit are fully invested in in the expansion so that it's uh, it's something interesting and and everybody and all my partners are have the same vision and are li- in line with we want to, what we want to achieve so that is, is the base in general i think the ratio in dubai is around 25% between 20 to 25% profit for restaurants that are working well um it's much lower outside it's between 10 to 15 um so it's c- coming to a point is there any restaurant in dubai uh it's it's, it's a strong question i think uh, our industry need to understand that in the future and the, the profit will decrease a little because we will have to share the cake. Um, so that it's, uh, it's an important uh, fact, mm. I think. Um, it's a unique market. You doesn't have this kind of, uh, of return on investment and profit anywhere in, in the world. That's, a, that's amazing to hear, but it's a testament to Dubai's sort of F&B strategy and the Michelin stars and, and that side of things. Um, but of that, could you break down that number, that that high number, a little bit more? Where, where, what's more profitable? Do you have one entity that drives a large percentage of that growth? Not really. It's quite uh, it's quite well balanced. So um, uh, we have a very uh, interesting um, return on uh, on Twiggy and Kima in terms of in terms of profit. We achieved the numbers. We are higher than what was expected by uh, us and the landlords. Tagomago uh, opened in April, but we completely had to restrain the, the operation because we are building a pool in the water. <coughs> so it's uh, quite a unique project and quite unusual project for an FNB operator. So it's it's quite interesting to reclaim the land of the Palm and try to make this uh, this pool. Um, look, it's 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 quite spread well. Mimikakushi is doing well, Nilif is doing well, La Cantine is doing well. Uh, we are quite well balanced. I, I still don't have the the top eat uh, making uh, 30 to 40 million dollar revenue in one restaurant. But uh, we are quite happy with, with what we achieve and what we have. The balance is, is there. Um, we have a strong base. And for me, that's more important to be sure that the base of the company and the stability is, is, is strong. And do you, you know, given the ownership structure that you alluded to, you don't need you don't need to have a PNL for each. Of- yeah, yeah, we have a PNL for each restaurant. We have a different company for each restaurant. We have a PNL for each restaurant, but all these restaurants are owned by one company. That's called Ricas. And the and the hospitality, sorry, the uh, commercial uh, leasing part of it. Uh, is there any uh, performance related payments as well if this place is successful? But you know, every lease today. In F&B retails, you have a minimum guarantee and you have a percentage, whatever is higher you are paying. So the turnover rent is there and, and in a lot of places we're achieving that. Mm. So you're paying the higher price. They're <laughs> paying a high rent, but I think, uh, look, it's, uh, I think it's a fair situation. Mm. We are doing good. We are paying a good rent. The landlord is happy. They're calling us to have more project with us. I think it's, uh, it's a win-win situation. I'm, 
I don't feel, uh, frust- I don't have any frustration of uh, paying more rent. If you're successful. Exactly. Yeah, the, yeah give, give and take it as well, give some back. So uh, I alluded to the awards and the, the Michelin. Is that something that you guys looked at? I know a lot of your, your, your brands came up there in the recent one. And is, is that something that you looked at and is that a good way of attracting and retaining talent? So today we have a quite a good rating and we are well placed in Goimio. Um, we used to be in 50 best. Uh, Mimi is not uh, is not there anymore, but I think it's a, it's a very interesting uh, um, uh, statement of the situation of the market in the in the Middle East. And you have Michelin star where Ninive is uh, Bib Gourmand and Mimi Kakushi has the recommendation of the guide. Um, to, to go to 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 the guide Michelin and the and the Michelin star. <laughs> I think it's a it's a different specific product. It's something where maybe uh, the number of covers, the attention, the way that uh, you work the product has, has to be different. And I think there is an amazing restaurant who's doing that. Uh, Tracin is an example, and, and Grégoire with Oceano is, is another example. Um, so the scale that we have in a restaurant and the number of covers and the way that we present a restaurant that are more conceptual restaurant, I think it's much more difficult to to, to go to this uh, star level of, of Michelin. Um, can we do it in the future? Maybe. I think uh, we can we can plan to have something more focused on that and committed to, to achieve that. Uh, yes, we, I think it's an interesting, uh, uh, it's an interesting fact that all this guide and all this, uh, this uh, ranking are there. <laughs> of course, sometimes we don't feel uh, appreciated <laughs> at, at the right value. Okay, but um, but it's it's still interesting. Yeah, and you know, uh, Rizwan, you came here ten years ago, and you had a view that Dubai could be uh, <laughs> could be that sort of culinary capital. Did you expect it to go so fast? Did you expect both your business and everything we just talked about, all those brand names. And uh, it really has, you know, it's on the global map now as a city for, uh, as you mentioned, did you expect it to go so fast? As a group in openings? Openings, but also the reputation of Dubai as being a culinary destination. I think the commitment of uh, Dubai tourism and, and, and the leaders that we have are are amazing. And having the chance to be in Emirates Tower, we we are welcoming some of them. Um, no, I, I, I think the vision of what the leaders have and how the way that they're managing the, the day-to-day business and what the vision that they put, and I think there's the vision 2030, there's the area 2071 uh, in Emirates Tower, so we can see that there's a roadmap that is quite clear. Mm. Uh, <laughs> going back to our industry, I was talking with uh, one owner of a restaurant in Miami. We have a very strong difference compared to Miami. Miami is the hub FNB of Americas, South America and US, US Canada. Dubai become the hub between Miami, Asia, Europe, the Middle East. I think we are talking of a different level in terms of perception of as a hub in 
the business in general, but more in our industry. People in Hong Kong are talking of Dubai. People of Miami are talking of Dubai. Are people of Paris talking of Dubai? We are. We are here. <laughs> we are here. But that's the. <laughs> You mentioned Europe, and that's the level, isn't it? Right, like the history of the cuisine in Paris is is the highest. Obviously, London's and there's other places. Yes. But uh, did you expect it to be for people to high quality food and to be on competing with reputation wise with French cuisine so soon? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but look, uh, we can see it in Dubai. When you see the diversity of what you have in Dubai uh, and the level of what every group are bringing in Dubai, I think it's very interesting. Um, if we t if we talk about the French cuisine, uh, I think it's it's a specific cuisine that maybe needs to be more a uh, little more open. Um, right now, and this this is the feeling that we have: people love the Italian food, the Japanese food, the Greek food. I think this concept uh, uh, embraced uh, something more conceptual less, I will not say clean, but less uh, uh, quiet. I think uh, Zuma was, is an amazing, amazing example uh, when they opened, I think, uh, more than 12 years ago. Uh, so vibrant, good food. Sorry to interrupt, but do you think then that <laughs> the, the discipline and the history of French cuisine is holding Paris back, for, for example, and the diversity in Dubai is allowing crossover concepts and things like that, and that's an advantage at the moment? I think it's much more about talking about cuisine. I think the way that Dubai is pushing the city challenge every industry. And I think it can be the case for the F&B, but it will be the case for many industries. I think being in Dubai, having the opportunities, uh, having uh, some landlords and leaders that pushing you to do something different or better, uh, and be sure that Dubai is at this level, I think that it's, it's, it's a key and it's a difference uh, compared to the other city, compared maybe to uh, Paris or London. And I think the involvement of what the city have in the different industry, um, I think last week uh, Isam and DTCM organized uh, a dinner at La Cantine. They invite few chefs, they invite... I think there is a lot of emulation with what they are creating, what they are doing, uh, and that's a real difference because, because it's push you to, to be stronger, better, to be sure that we can be proud of what we're doing here. I think the mindset is a little different outside. Mm, absolutely. Switching tact a little bit before we run out of time, but uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about technology because technology is in every industry, in every sector, uh, in F&B, both in terms of logistics, supply chain, uh, how people order foods, how have you, how does technology play a role across your group? I think we we need to. We cannot escape from that. And every day we are trying to make things better. We are trying to ask all different partners to make, to push their technology, their softwares um, that can fit what we are doing. Uh, we have a reservation system with seven rooms uh, that they are keep pushing the software and be sure that it's an uh, answer to our demand. Uh, 
uh, we have uh, a supply chain software called SAPI uh, that give us much more um, uh, knowledge, uh, reactivity, and interaction with our supplier. So that's very important. Of course, the fact of uh, IE, it's, uh, it's, it's, very, uh, it's, very, it's very important, it's there. We are uh, searching a lot, learning a lot. Uh, we don't want to implement things too fast. I think there's still things to, to understand. Um, but I don't want to use the technology only for a finance perspective. I think the technology is much more than that, is how we can give an experience to the guest, how we can be sure that we follow up a good review or a bad review, how we can communicate with them to be sure that this, this community that we create can be aware of what we are doing um, and how we, we can know better the need, what they want and how we can serve them. Mm. I think if your target is that, automatically you will arrive to something better for everything. Uh, in terms of finance or in terms of experience and in terms of interaction with the team. So I I just want to be sure that the technology is helping us to achieve uh, something for the guest and not something for only the pocket. Do you have someone who, uh, who deals with <coughs> our tech vendors approaching you, startups in F&B all the time? Do you have someone on procurement deciding, lit listening to all these demos and pitches? So we have someone in the procurement. Um, is there, I think the subject is much more bigger than just the procurement. So we all have interest. The chef is checking what we can do. And we are talking about a new technology in the kitchen, for example. Um, the, the expansion and Christian uh, is checking what we can do. We are checking which kind of app we can play, put in place. Um, everybody's quite involved in, in, this, uh, in this domain to be sure that we can find the best advanced technology in the different sector that can be in communication and marketing, in supply chain, in, uh, in exploitation and operation. So for us, it's a global commitment. And, you know, lastly, you know, what's your view on this region as an emerging market? Do you think it's going to emerge? There's been some, you know, there's turmoil across the region in different parts. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's, there's traditionally uh, instability. What, what's your view in the next 10 years? So, uh, Talking about instability right now, I feel lucky we don't feel anything in Dubai. And I think uh, Dubai is managing well the situation. So right now, purely in terms of impact, we don't have any impact. Um, the second thing is, I think all the countries around the UAE are quite aligned of what they want to do. We travel a lot in Doha, Qatar, Saudi, Bahrain, and all the other countries. I think there is a general wish to, to be sure that the Middle East become much more attractive, bigger, with much more uh, uh, access to expat, uh, and we can feel it. Um, I think there is a quite a great advantage to be here, that everybody knows about safety, security, uh, and, and all the perspectives that you can have. So I think we are going to great next 10 years. Great. Positive note to finish on. Yes.
Thank you, Rizwan. Thank you for Thank you. sharing your story this morning. It's been a pleasure listening to you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Very impressive operations altogether. Well done to everyone involved at Rikas Group. Uh, thank you to Ali Khalil and uh, Hisham Mohammed Hashim for putting together the show. Uh, this will go out on Love in Dubai as an article. Uh, you'll be able to watch it on smashy.tv. It was live. Uh, you can get that on all the apps as well. Of course, we're, we're also the streaming partners for basketball, UE, futsal and handball in the UE. And there'll be games on all this weekend there as well if you want to check that out. Uh, do continue to check out Smashy Business uh, on Instagram, social media and the website and the apps. This was a Smashy Business production as part of the Augustus Media Podcast Network. Speak to you at the same time next week.